We are happy to start a new series about the book of Revelation. Uh, this series will be called God's Revelation, and uh, in it we will see uh, an overview of the book of Revelation and what's in it for every one of us. We are very happy to have our uh, beloved father, His Grace Bishop Yusuf, with us uh, to uh, walk us through the book of Revelation. So we will start, Sayyidna. Welcome, Buenero. So uh, the first question is, um, if this is about the revelation of God, what's the meaning of the name of the book, Revelation? In general, uh, in our understanding of theology or uh, dogmatic theology or anything, it's done by revelation. So God revealed to us. It is not done by speculation or like scientific approach until we reach a conclusion, but God reveals to his people what he wants to reveal to us. So God actually wants to reveal to us what will happen in the last days. But in the same time, uh, this revelation has a personal message to every person in all the ages. This is the time of this revelation until now. So. I think the best way to study the book of Revelation is what is the meaning of this revelation toward me and my personal life? What message God wants me to get from every single verse, every single vision, every single revelation that God revealed to me? It has to do with my spiritual upbuilding, my spiritual growth. And, and this will be uh, pretty much the theme of, of this series, like uh, His Grace said, that we will, um, of course, it's nice to understand the historic aspect and, and what's going to happen in the future, and, but at the same time, what's really important for me, because I may not see these things happen, is uh, how does that affect my life. So uh, with, with chapter one, we want to know uh, who's the author of the book and uh, under what circumstances did he write this book and when? The author of the book is St. John, uh, the beloved or the theologian, who wrote the Gospel of St. John and wrote also three epistles and the book of Revelation. And uh, he was in exile in uh, a Greek island called Patmos after he was tortured by Emperor Domitian and in this island God actually gave him this revelation and there are many messages of comfort in, in this revelation so as if God is telling to him although you are away from your churches uh, you are in exile but I am in the middle of the churches I am holding everything in my hand. And also, uh, he said, in the day of the Lord, Book of Revelation was uh, written in Greek. So day of the Lord uh, is Kyriaki, and Kyriaki is Sunday, actually. Mm -hmm. So some father says that he saw this revelation on uh, Sunday. Mm -hmm. on, on the day of the Lord, he was in the spirit, and he saw it in the in a cave, in, in the in Patmos, right. this Greek island. Yeah, just like the picture we have here, it shows um, like the heaven open and uh, and Saint John in Patmos, 
and he's seeing the revelation. So um, in the first chapter, this is kind of like an introduction to the book. And uh, in the first chapter, we, we read about God revealing himself to St. John in a certain vision about himself. So uh, would like your grace to elaborate on this vision. What did he see and the significance of it? This vision, we read it actually in uh, Revelation chapter 1, starting from verse 12. He heard a voice, St. John. Then he said, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstand and in the midst of the seven lampstand one like the son of man the lampstand the churches and in the middle christ as we say in our praises emmanuel our god is now in our midst so he is in the middle of the church protecting the church and defending the church and then the description that he gave, one like the Son of Man, clothed with garment down to the feet. These are the clothes of the, priest, uh, the, the high priest. Because our Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest. And he came to offer himself. And as a high priest, he intercedes on us by his own blood. So... Here, this vision tells us that we have our high priest interceding for us by his own blood in the middle of the churches. And then girded about the chest with a golden band. This girdle around the chest is different than the girdle around the loin. Around the loin symbolizes getting ready to do an action. But around the chest, this is actually the way the judges are girded. Mm. So here God is come to judge the world. Mm. And as we know, in his second coming, he's coming to judge everyone according to his uh, deeds. And gold is a symbol of heaven. So his judgment is according to the heavenly law, mm. heavenly standard, not according to earthly standard. Then he said his head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. The white color has two symbols. One symbol, purity, and the other symbol, uh, like when people get old, uh, their uh, hair turned to white and gray. So it's a symbol of wisdom. So he come to judge the world, but in purity, in righteousness, and also in, in wisdom. And then his eyes like flame of fire. Flame of fire, he can see, as we say, he, he searches the, the reins and, and, and the hearts. Uh, and this fire actually will purge us from our infirmities, but also will, will burn uh, the, the unrepentant, the, the wicked. So it can be a fire of love, fire of purging, or fire of, of destruction. It depends how I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and how I perceive him. You know, so this fire can purge me, or the fire of love, or the, this fire for fire of destruction, as we read in Leviticus chapter 10, 
after the consecration of um, uh, the Aaron as a high priest and his children, and how two sons offered a profane fire, so fire from the Lord came and devoured them. Then his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. So again, the uh, brass here, a symbol of judgment. And uh, uh, in a refined in a furnace, again, pure judgment, just, just judgment, righteous judgment, etc. And his voice as the sound of many waters. This strong voice and, and sound of many waters, uh, water symbolizes the Holy Spirit in general. So his voice as many waters uh, guiding the church inspiring the church as the Lord said after his, before his ascension I will send you the Holy Spirit who will remind you with the words that I have told you so this voice the, the, the voice that the Holy Spirit guiding leading, convicting the church in its, in its journey and then the rest of the vision in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth sharp to each sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. The seven stars are the leaders of the church, the angels of the church, the bishops of the seven church, which means God in control. So even as we're going to see these seven angels, not all of them were godly, but they are under the control of God, which actually give us peace that nobody will uh, lead the church uh, without the permission and without the control of God. God is in control. This two sharp-edged sword coming, that's, of course, the word of God can be for us or against me. So uh, the word of God can edify me, and if I rejected the word of God, will be will testify against me as the Lord said I will not judge you but the words that I spoke will, will judge you and his countenance shining like the sun that's the glory of God as he appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration so he appeared in glory and this glory also is our glory will be glorified with him that's why Moses and Elijah appeared with glory on the Mount of Transfiguration so because this chapter is an introduction to what's to come in chapters 2 and 3, we will hear about seven churches. Uh, those seven churches, Sayyidina, where are they now? They were part of Asia Minor back then, but now they are in Turkey. And actually, if you visit uh, Turkey, you can visit actually these churches. Maybe Ephesus is the only one that has many ruins. You can see actually uh, the, the remnant of this big city, Ephesus. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the cities, not as uh, clear or as beautiful as, as Ephesus. But they are in Turkey. So when we start reading about the seven churches, um, how can we take those messages? Because these are very beautiful messages. Were these messages only sent for those churches at the time? Or how can we understand that? There are several ways to describe these messages. Uh, one way is to describe it historically. So, for example, who was the Bishop of Ephesus at that time, during the time of John uh, the Beloved, 
and what the message God sent to Ephesus, what message God sent to Samaria. That's the historical approach. Some uh, also commentators said these seven churches are seven stages in the church history from the time of Christ until his second coming. But uh, as we said in the beginning of this episode, the best way actually is to take every message person. What is it in this message for me in my personal life? And as we're going to see that when we understand every message, it can actually describe a certain stage in my life. Mm. One stage, uh, I am dead. Another stage, I am lukewarm. Another stage, I am fiery or I carry my cross or uh, brotherly love. You know, so this uh, seven uh, churches describe seven, not stages, seven conditions that all of us will go through them. And every message actually is beautiful when I'm going through this stage, how to handle it and what God is expecting from me, how he support me, what are his promises toward me. And this is exactly what we will be talking about in the next two chapters. So every church will have a message and this message is about a certain condition, uh, like his grace was saying, and uh, we will see how we can benefit from every one of those uh, messages. Uh, thank you for joining us for the first episode. We uh, would love uh, for you to join again uh, in chapter two with the next episode.